Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wild Womb Podcast. We are kicking off this new year with a really lovely chat on genital herpes. This week I have Jean Savage on to talk about her experience contracting and managing genital herpes. Jean is also a birth worker amongst a million different things and she's just lovely. Her story is really important to hear as genital herpes is super common. It's really more common than you think, um, but getting diagnosed and even just tested can be an uphill battle, which you'll hear about. We want to really erase the stigma that surrounds STIs. I didn't know a ton about herpes going into this conversation. It's one of those that is definitely talked about, but not at all understood. Jean talks us through the process of identifying, diagnosing, and treating genital herpes, as well as how she's been able to avoid outbreaks for the past several years. She's a total gem of a human, and I really love talking with her so much. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn a lot. If you want to talk about your own experience with genital herpes or any other STI, please reach out. These conversations are really important to have, and thanks so much for listening. Um, my name is Jean Savage. I am a human on planet Earth, and I currently am a birth doula. I'm an urban farmer and an artist and a hundred other things. So those are the first three that come to me currently. And I'm also a person who has genital herpes, and I am like all of the others, one in six Americans who have um, herpes simplex 2, which is genital herpes. I also have simplex 1, but pretty much everyone does, and that's a cold sore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I guess I'm here today because I want to talk about the stigmas associated with STIs, especially herpes. And I want to talk about my personal experience. And I want people to take away from this that it's highly likely that you already have it or that you will get it. And I want people to not feel like they have to hide it. And I want people to understand what it is. It's a skin disease. And I want people to feel empowered enough to talk to their friends about it because you can feel very alone when something like this happens. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to hear about your experience. Um, I did just want to ask you, I forgot that you did a doula training. Um, yeah. How's that been going? It's going really good. So I did two different trainings. Um, I ended up doing another one in July with, um, a different organization and I'm still figuring out um, who I want to certify with. Um, so yeah, and I'm, I'm in a dualship program right now, which is really cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And where do you live? Where I live in um, Montclair, New Jersey. Okay, cool. Great. Mm-hmm. And, and do you urban farm there? I urban farm in East Orange, which is a, just a town right over from here. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
Well, cool. Yeah. And I feel like with all of those jobs, you always have many <laughs> and many identities. You yes. Know? <laughs> Same. Like, I can't really choose what I am. I'm a thousand things. <laughs> yeah. I have so many interests too. Like I'm, um, I feel like very much of a renaissance being, if you will, you know, like all different things I love doing and learning and creating. So that's great. I feel the same way. There's too many dreams and like way too little time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, great. So yeah, do you want to talk about what herpes is? Genital yeah, herpes? Great. Totally. So what is herpes? It's a skin disease. It's a virus. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Genital herpes were the most general genital herpes is herpes simplex virus 2. Okay. Um, so there's also herpes simplex virus 1. Um, they're both extremely similar. They're almost the same thing. Uh, simplex 2 generates from the genitals. Um, okay. When I first started doing my research into this when I contracted I really realized how interchangeable they are. So some people can have a cold sore and they can um, have oral sex with somebody and then they could transfer the herpes simplex virus one to the genitals. Okay. And it would be different than simplex two. So it would still be simplex one, even though it was appearing on the genitals. Okay. Yeah. And that, that, that is very common for someone who has a cold sore. Maybe it's not apparent, but it's still there and they could transfer it. But generally, genital herpes is herpes simplex two. Okay. And I think the next thing I'll go into it is how is it transmitted? So... Herpes simplex virus 2 can be transmitted either before, during, or after an outbreak when it is highly infectious. Um, So what that means is an outbreak is when sores are presented on the genitals um, and they'll start to form. They they kind of look like little pimples at first. They look like they have whiteheads um, and then they erupt, which means that they like rupture open they're pussing it it really can be very damaging mentally to like look down and see what looks really horrific happening to you and it can be really really painful so that is the time when it's the most infectious so the sores are open the virus is just graphic but splurting out there and it's like (laughs) trying to get other (laughs) genitals but right before the outbreak happens is also it's highly infectious so if someone is experiencing um some bumps on their skin or maybe they have like a they feel like they have a cut or like a little tear like don't don't um, engage in um, anything with your genitals at that point because you might be about to experience an outbreak and you could be transmitting to somebody else. Um, And also right after the outbreak. So when the sores start to heal, it's also still, still infectious. Okay. But 
surprise, <laughs> a lot of people contract herpes um, when their the partner is silently shedding the disease. So not okay. only is it able to be you know transmitted when there's visible sores or before or after, a lot of people shed the disease, which there's no visible signs of an outbreak, like no blisters, no sores or anything. So the person who's shedding it doesn't even know that they're shedding. And a lot of the times the person who's shedding the disease has no idea that they even have it because a lot of those people <clears throat> never experience the, um, the symptoms that I was describing with an outbreak. Okay. So if you're shedding, is, does that mean that you're kind of like passing, like yeah. the disease will end for you or that it will continue to show up in outbreaks? No. So okay. unfortunately, herpes will never, ever leave your body. There is okay. no That's cure. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be in your system, but it, it usually lies dormant, which means that it's not, um, you're not going to experience a flare up or you're not. Okay. You're, you know, you're not having that or you're not shedding, but when you are shedding, you don't know that you're shedding. So people are engaging in, you know, awesome sexual activity. They're feeling great, but they also might be passing disease to other people. And it sucks because there's no way to know, right. you know? Yeah. And I'll get into the testing part in just a couple of moments, which is a, a whole other issue um, with this. But <clears throat> basically, that is how I contracted the disease, is that the person who I got it from never experienced any symptoms. Okay. So they didn't know. Um, and I'll go into it later, um, you know, about sexual activity and like why you should get tested for it <laughs> but yeah so I was saying earlier one in six Americans between the ages 14 and 49 have herpes simplex virus too which is a lot and that's like that's, people yeah. who have you know like that's all based on numbers of people who have like admitted it you know what I mean or people that that know that they have it but this disease lies dormant in people so it, it it's probably a higher than that yeah I'd imagine yeah and it's also I feel like and I'll talk about this later but it's also like I I feel like it's like that most highly stigmatized STI that you hear about definitely and it's because it's the most common because <laughs> everybody <laughs> has it like nobody you know nobody, nobody really, wants to admit it <laughs> yeah nobody wants to admit it because they think it's this this dirty thing they think that it's you know <sighs> because you're having sex and bad and it's just not true and it and it's not something that should be it's not a punishment it's not a punishment for sex and I feel like that is what it has been um, made out to be in society and it's not it's yeah. literally it's, it, it's a skin disease it, it, it happens on the skin and it and the reason that it <clears throat> occurs on the genitals is like you're that whole area, your skin is like very, very, very sensitive and very, very, very receptive and everything. So you can experience an outbreak um, if your skin around the area is, if it's being like abrased or if, you're, if it's, if, basically if you're having like really, really rough sex and you mm-hmm. haven't had an outbreak yet and you have herpes, that could bring it about for okay. sure right. because your skin is being like, you know, 
<laughs> rough drains. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like to just talk about now, like how it's tested for. Great. Yeah. So you can only test for herpes simplex virus two one of two ways, and that's swabbing a sore that has already erupted. So that means you've you've had an outbreak. Right. Or by having a blood test. Okay. The blood test is never included in any sort of routine or standard SDI testing. Right. Yes. I have a a little story about that going to get tested and, yeah, needing to ask for that and was met by the doctor saying that, like, there's not really a point in testing for it because everybody has it and... Mm -hmm. Or pretty much everybody has it, and it'll mm-hmm. just show up positive, and there's no reason for you to freak out. That's what I was told. It's just such a lie. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so why is that? Why is the blood test never included? If you can know, why why is it not included? If you could know and prevent from passing to other sexual partners, why? So the doctors will tell you that it's because it's inaccurate, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. like a lot of the times that it, you know, it takes um, weeks for the virus to show up in your blood. So like testing for it, blah, blah, blah. And they'll also just mention briefly, uh, it sounds like they didn't mention it to you that it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive test. So to me, it's very obvious. And to other support that I found out online from support groups when I initially contracted that the real reason is the cost isn't worth it to the medical system. If there's right. so many people already infected, with a non-threatening life skin disease, that there isn't an incentive to test for it. If there's not a cure that you can buy <laughs> to right. do it, then there's not a cure to test for it. There's not a cure to prevent it because there's a pill that you can have a prescription for to help with the outbreak. So, you know, there's no sort of prevention there. It's here, buy this pill, which can, which is a very important thing to have. You know, it really can help you. Mm-hmm. But it's also just very frustrating. You know, I I know I felt very upset because I always thought that I was being a very smart, um, sexually active person getting routinely tested. And I I, I thought that, you know, I was doing everything right. And they don't really understand that herpes is not part of routine STI testing. And like you experienced, you know, you're met with, oh, well, everyone blah, 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 blah has it. And it's just like, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It, it It's very helpful to know if you have it, you know? Yeah. And if so many people have it, like even more reason to know if you have it or not. I think. Exactly. Exactly. But it really it's comes so down common. to the money. Right. How that much makes it's so much cost. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know personally that there would have been prevention and picking up the disease for myself had the person who gave it to me elected to have been tested you know, and the mm-hmm. only other option is to wait until you've contracted the disease and experienced your outbreak, which can be extremely painful to diagnose the disease. And that really sucks yeah. So you have to wait for that. And then, like I talked about earlier, the person who gave it to me never experienced any symptoms. So they've been passing it to who knows how many people before me, you know, without right. knowing it. Yeah. And, that, and that, there's no way then to trace back exactly because you don't know when you got it or he, yeah. they don't know when they got it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That mm, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, the medical system is, is a business. Yes. Yes. 
it is and um yeah it is it's um it's really frustrating that there's and there there you can read about online you know there's a lot of people who are trying to push to find a cure for this or to have different testing um because i feel like we really deserve to know and, and not be told that it costs too much or this or that because it can really change your life you know like there's there's all sorts of articles on there like oh you know life isn't over but you know what <laughs> it really sucks yeah. to 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 have this outbreak and I'll, I can start talking about my personal experience and Great. it really changed my lifestyle and changed how I felt about myself and not in a good way. And that really, um, that really sucked. So let me start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, and I, I do want to just reiterate that although it sucks that we can't get testing, the Valtrex, which is what's most commonly prescribed, um, Valaclover, I think is the full name for the, the pill that you take. That is very, very amazing and, and, and helping stop the outbreaks. And I'll talk about that later, how you go about taking that. And, but that, that is very important. Um, I wish there was something naturally that you could take. But Valtrex is really amazing and can really um, help prevent you from having a really bad outbreak. So I just wanted to mention that, that there is some redeeming thing <laughs> from yeah, that's the great. part. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll just start, start talking about my personal experience. So when, when I contracted herpes, I was in college in New York City. I was on top of the world. I was uh, partying, having so much fun sex, being responsible, but just living up my dreams, you know, doing everything. Um, You know, I I had a very carefree lifestyle Mm -hmm. while still being responsible. But for me, a big part of my identity was being able to um, engage with different people. I think we all experience that in some parts of our lives. So the thrill of going out, maybe meeting someone, you know, having sex with them or doing different things. And then, you know, like not feeling bound to anybody or, you know, being able to try different things. And that was really empowering for me. Mm-hmm. So when when I contracted, it was kind of like a big halt, basically. So I was at a party and I went to the bathroom to pee. And when I was peeing, I had this really bad stinging sensation when the pee was coming out. And it wasn't from the inside. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a, like a, what are those? Uh... Like a UTI. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a UTI where the pain was coming from the inside. It was mm-hmm. on the outside. It felt like on the outside of my vulva, there was something where it was stinging. But it was a party. I had no time to do a mirror exam and whoever's house I was at. So I just kind of like let it go. But a, it kept getting worse. Like so a full day later, it was very much worse and it was painful and that's when I was able to 
in the mirror, you know, examine the area. And I saw what was a small, like slit, like cut, very thin, like straight up and down cut between my vulva and my butt. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what it was. I thought maybe like somehow like my underwear had like paper cut me, (laughs) you know, like I just like did not really know at all what happened. Um, And basically the next couple of days it started to, it was pussing and it was crusting over and it was, starting to feel little bumps arise around that area and then the bumps started traveling like up on top of um, my vulva to the top of the labia and then it started to spread down um, all over my butthole area I don't know the term you want me to use like butthole asshole butthole area (laughs) is totally fine assholes whenever you feel (laughs) I was like what's like the scientific term (laughs) Okay, so I think butthole is the most scientific. Okay, yeah, I don't think there is like I think everyone giggles. That's why. Yeah. So basically, I started to realize that like something was really like going on, and that I needed to seek medical attention. The the um the bumps that were initially red started to like I described earlier it looks like they started to get little whiteheads in them it looked like a pimple <clears throat> at that point in time I had to go I had no other option but to go to my college health clinic on campus like that's where you know that's where I had like my I, I guess the health insurance or whatever that's where it was so I had to go to my college health clinic. I was very um, nervous about showing them, yeah. <laughs> talking about it, um, having someone else like judge me. And I, I definitely felt judged. Um, they can, as soon as I, you know, revealed to them the area, they immediately confirmed that it was herpes just by a visual diagnosis. Um, I had to be monitored because they could tell that my outbreak was going to be extremely severe. So when people have their initial outbreaks, it's usually the worst. Like the first one is usually the worst, right? The first cut is the deepest, literally. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. But it can vary from like how bad it's going to be. And mine was really 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 bad so I had to keep coming in because they needed to swab the sores once they erupted to send it off to like I guess do the testing on the the culture to like make sure that it was herpes even though they could tell from looking at it yeah so when I had gone in the next time and while this is all happening, the pain is intensifying, right? Like you have mm-hmm. these sores just emerging and then erupting and all these open pussing sores crusting over like, and I also got my period at that time. Oh so my it was really, I, I put it up there as like one of the most painful experiences of my entire life because there was no, 
position that I could sit in or lay in or exist in where I didn't have like constant pain. If I was laying on my back, then like all the sores on my butt would be like crushed and like it would be so painful, you know, laying on my side, it was painful. I'm on my period. So I'm having cramping really bad. There's blood, there's sores. Oh my God. That's a nightmare. Yeah. It was really a very low point in my, my, um, self-worth in my, you know, how I looked at myself, how I felt about my body. And it was really hard. I, ended up I think with about 40 open sores on my um, vulva and all the way through down to the the butthole so I wasn't eating because um, pooping was extremely painful it would just rip open everything oh man yeah it was really it was very 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 traumatic and very hard and all like aside from the pain you know you're dealing with all of the the feelings right and was and, there any support around that when you like when they told you the diagnosis or anything or was it just kind of like go go on your way kind of yeah, thing? yeah no there was nothing there was no like comfort or this I mean maybe they said like I don't even recall if they said that this is normal or this is okay. Any, anything that I found out, it was all because I, I researched it myself. Like there wasn't any information. There wasn't a pamphlet. There wasn't, I don't know. I'm not saying that every college yeah. campus should have a support group, but there wasn't but anybody. They should. They should, yeah. <laughs> and like, they, they, and I was scared to tell my friends, my roommate knew we were really close, but I was like scared to tell other people. I didn't even know, like, what they could even do for me at that point and I remember I I distinctly remember feeling like in my mind I visualized like one of those hazardous waste cans and that's what I felt like like I felt like I was like labeled you know like that I was like defined as like like I had these crosses off on me like you can't like you're done kind of thing and it was really crushing um because I had as I described before I was at a point in my life where I was really experimenting and having fun and like having an active adventurous sexual lifestyle was like really important to me and it really like came to a screeching halt (laughs) at that point because I asked myself the question who would want to sleep with a diseased me, you know, and like, I took it so seriously that I, that no one would want to ever be with me again. And I'll talk about that a little on is like the ethical part of having this disease, because Mm -hmm. there are people out there, there's a lot of people out there, because it, that won't tell their partners or people that they're sleeping with that they have it and that's like wrong yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is very very wrong but it's like but it comes from the stigma and I I mean I totally understand Yeah. yeah yeah and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that emotionally 
makes it sucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so how did you, how did you go from there? So basically the first couple of weeks were really hard coupled with having the period. Um, the person that I ended up finding out that I had contracted it from like they, we were going through a rough patch. We weren't dating, but we were kind of seeing each other and like, that wasn't going well. So there wasn't really anyone who I could talk to, but I ended up telling that person because they had a bathtub and I really wanted to use their bathtub. And that will lead <laughs> me into um, what my personal management looks like. Okay, great. So I was given Valtrex, which is what I talked about earlier. Yeah. But Valtrex really... Um, what it does is it helps reduce like how many the severity of an outbreak and like so what that means is like how bad the outbreak will be like how many sores but also how many days it will last so when you take Valtrex you're supposed to take it before the outbreak has happened and that's when it will work best okay what like how are you supposed to know like how to take it before the outbreak (laughs) happens (laughs) and it's weird right like when they first told me that, I was like, "What? Like how am I? So- <laughs> like I didn't even know this was gonna happen. So like, how how am I supposed to know?" But basically, um, and it sucks. But like the more outbreaks you have, the more in tune with your body you are about the mm-hmm. sensations that arise. So similar to a person experiencing a period. Um, and I think most people experiencing periods have this. Like you know, you start to feel things doing things before yeah. the blood comes out days before right? you kind of like have this intuition you kind of know yeah. and that's a very similar thing to a herpes outbreak so you kind of feel this tingling under the skin near the genital area okay and that's when you would start taking the valtrex and that's when it would help um reduce it but it really sucked because they gave me valtrex but i already had the you know I I was already the outbreak already started so there was no stopping it so the Valtrex didn't really work the first time how long was that initial outbreak oh my god it was like almost it was probably eight to ten days I think okay yeah it was bad and you know then the the sores they all have to like heal and and I think it was it was even harder with the period um and then just like not being able to access like a bathtub right away or like ways and and with all the shame and stuff I'm trying to like hide it but it's really hard to hide the pain and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff but um basically towards the end of that outbreak um I decided that I would talk to the person who I was like not having a good time with (laughs) like we were like fighting or whatever but I knew that that they had had they had a bathtub and in my college dorm we only had a stand-up shower but I from reading online I read that um taking like a little like a little bath like a shallow bath like a little sits bath can really help alleviate the pain and that's really what I needed because I was just in constant pain and what do they give me like I'm not gonna take the time at all (laughs) what's that gonna do (laughs) yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna help you know like this is topical like this is like I need relief that's immediate so 
that's like the first thing that I did for myself was um tell this person (laughs) and um you know they of course deny that they have it blah 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 blah. I mean in the end it turned it out that it was them but Mm -hmm. um I really just needed them for their bathtub (laughs) so So the bath was like really helpful um Um, but yeah, like the first outbreak, like there, I kind of had to just suffer through it all. And then, um, I experienced probably in the first year following that initial outbreak, I probably had four to five flare ups, I think. Um, and I contracted in 2013. So I've been living with this for six years now. So the first year was the worst with flare ups. You know, I said about four to five. Um, so the second flare up was almost as bad as the first one. Definitely not as bad, but it was still like pretty severe, like a large number of sores. Um, and then I think that happened maybe like a month after the initial one. And then it kind of started to um, break up into a little bit longer of time between the flare ups mm-hmm. and less and less severity. Um, and I haven't had an outbreak in, let's see, I would say like three or four years, actually. Wow, that's amazing. Which is really awesome. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I was like, well, this is going to suck for the rest of my yeah. life. Because <laughs> there are people that experience it like every month. Wow. You yeah. Know, like it, and, and there's a lot of different reasons why we think this happens. There's not a lot of research because they can't make a lot of money off of curing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, stress levels are super linked. And so my last flare up was at an extremely traumatizing, stressful thing that happened in my life. And that's when I had my last outbreak. So in the past few years, I've been trying to really do things in my life that um, are meaningful to me and that I'm able to keep stress levels low. And it seems to have worked um, for now. But, you know, that's just me. It's really anecdotal because there's like it's not, you know, anyone who's listening to this, like, don't rely on this to happen to you. But it it is possible for it to be um, way better than it initially is. And I think just like understanding your body and then being able to take the Valtrex, um, I think that helped me too, to, to reduce the severity of the outbreaks. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I'm so happy to hear that for you. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, me too. incredible. And I mean, it's a it's so interesting to like kind of force you to have to really pay attention to your body and to like get to know it in such a different way that can be kind of like the positive side of it, I guess. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, when I first looked down at her and she was covered in sores, I was like, what (laughs) am I going to do with this? (laughs) Will it ever experience pleasure again? You know, like, will I ever do that? Um, but I think that um, 
I think that it does like definitely gets better when you can find support and it really helped me a lot to just start talking about it and there wasn't anyone that I knew that had it but I would say it took me a year or two after I had it to really start being like outspoken to talking about it to like anybody like I you know all my per- like close friends knew but like if I was out somewhere and someone brought up herpes like as a joke that's mm-hmm. when I started to like shut it down good because good. it's really harmful because it really increases the guilt and shame of people having it and it it keeps the stigma alive (laughs) and I yeah and it really sucks um and I want to talk about stigma now but before I do that I just wanted to share another um kind of herbal remedy that I kind of took from different places to make my own little thing that I applied topically Mm -hmm. for my um flare-ups so I just like made a little Thing with neem, um, honey, and um, St. John's wort. I think I had one other thing in there. I don't remember. Um, Did you but... ever use lemon balm? That was one thing I was going to ask you. Hmm. I don't think I used lemon balm for that. Okay. Yeah. I know that um, that's really helpful for herpes simplex one. So I'm, I'm okay. really not sure about two, but it, I'd I'm, be curious. I would imagine it would be. Yeah. They're so similar. Yeah. But yeah, the neem that that topically was like super soothing and and helped like reduce the pain. I think I might have put lavender. I don't remember. Okay. Um, it's been a little while since I've had to use what I made, and I didn't write it down. <laughs> but that's great. Um, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. And there there are some um, resources online that you can find. It's really hard because if you just initially Google like natural herpes whatever it's just like pages and pages and pages of like government websites or like healthline md or like things that are just like very much geared towards the you know everybody has it kind of thing which is true that everybody has it but it doesn't really make it any better of like how 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 to deal with it right without just dealing with it um but yeah there i think I found most of my stuff in books that I had. I'm just like looking up in books. Yeah. If you wanted to send me any resources that like you found super helpful, I would love to add that to the show notes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, stigma. Stigma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Big old stigma. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, like, the shame was uh, a really big part. Like immediately I felt shame. I felt shame walking into the college um, health clinic, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt, I felt like it was a punishment. (laughs) Like I felt like I, because I was having sex, um, that this was like a punishment for it or that, because I was having sex, like so much sex, like I was having a wrong amount. <laughs> you know, like, you're too much. Yeah. Now <laughs> you get this, and it sucks. And like I felt, like I said before, I definitely felt um, judged by the the doctors or the nurses that like were there. Um, 
I didn't really feel like support. There wasn't any like warmness or like, it's okay. Like, you know, it it just felt very shameful and it felt, you know, it just was really, I felt very vulnerable having to just like show my sores. (laughs) Like, I don't know how else to say that. It just felt like, like, it just felt like I had to show them like this thing that happened to me. And I felt really guilty. Like I felt like I felt guilty because I knew that I had had a lot of other partners Mm -hmm. and that what if I had given it to them too, Right. you know? And I felt like I don't want anyone to have to experience what I was experiencing. And it was really hard to get over that shame Mm -hmm. and guilt and both of those things um led me into like a deeper depression and I've always struggled with depression throughout my life but it definitely pushed me down into this really hard place where I just didn't really feel like there was any value in my life and I know that sounds might sound drastic to some people who haven't experienced like severe depression before but something like this that maybe some people are like oh it's just like a a STI like that can really make you not want to be alive anymore and that's really like what I dealt with and at that time I didn't have any sort of mental health support and it wasn't something that I was aware that I could access or that I even deserved. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that was a big part is like not feeling like I actually deserved any help because again, it's like the shame and guilt, like, Oh, like this is my punishment or I did this to myself. And yeah, it was really hard. And I, and you hear people cracking jokes or you hear people like like shuddering in disgust over herpes and all of that when you've seen that throughout your life like when you actually get herpes like you think of yourself as that you know you're like ugh, I'm disgusting now or like like I described earlier, like I felt like I was like a walking biohazard. Like, yeah. like I felt like if anyone even looked at me, they would like get herpes. And like, right. I mean, that's like such a, a such a part of the stigma, but also just like the lack of education around it too. Which, True. Yeah. You know, we weren't yeah. really told much about it other than those jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's so tough. I'm so sorry. It's okay. (laughs) That you had to feel that. Yeah. Thanks. And I think it's important, like, for people who are going to listen to this to know that, 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 that you're not alone in it at all, even though it feels like that and you don't know who you can talk to, um, you're not alone. And I think that the most healing that came for me was when I was able to talk about my experience with other people. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily like a warning 
to other people. It wasn't like, oh, watch out, like the boogeyman will get you the herpes man will like come get you. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just just being able to to talk about it right. and just being able to say, you know, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that 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 has really helped people that I know to feel like it can be like normalized and people that I know that don't have herpes to have a better understanding of what it's like to have it and what it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I guess ending the stigma is like a huge goal in this. And like why I wanted to talk about this is because I don't want anyone to feel like, like any of the stigmas are true I don't want anyone to feel like this is the end of your sex life or like this is the end of who you are um because herpes does not define you it does not define you it might be in your system forever but it's not um it's not something that's gonna take over your life even though it might feel like that and it's okay if you feel like that you like I don't expect anyone to be like yay (laughs) (laughs) like like just like just know that it's like super possible it's gonna happen and I think that learning the signs and symptoms of an outbreak is hugely critical because when you can um know those things so for example, when I talked about that slit like cut, that is extremely common. That's how most first outbreaks um, appear mm-hmm. is that initial cut. So if you have a cut um, on your genitals, go to the doctor right away, ask for Valtrex and okay. take it because that will like lessen the severity of the outbreak and how many days that the outbreak is going to happen. And it will, it may, I don't want to say will, but it may very well, like, prevent you from a lot of pain. And I think that's, like, one of the, like, the the mental aspect, but then the pain part is, like, really hard. Um, but, yeah, definitely, you know, keep an eye on things or, like, if something feels like there's a cut or if you feel these bumps, like, don't, don't, don't be ashamed it's okay if you feel that way, but like, don't, don't focus on that. Focus on knowing that the quicker you are able to get a diagnosis and it sucks that we have to be diagnosed through an outbreak, but like the quicker that can happen, like the, the more you're able to um, prevent it from going further. Um, But also I know that this isn't accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to be able to just walk into a doctor and say like, oh, this is here. Not everyone has access to that. So, I think that knowing where your, um, if applicable, where your um, like community um, clinics are, mm-hmm. where they can provide that um, testing for you, or where they can get you um, a low cost or free prescription to Valtrex, that's important too. Um, and I'll send you some links on how to find a community clinic where you can go. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, the second thing is like the testing so that, you know, that kind of ties in with there, like 
being open to going to be tested, um, like electing to have that testing. Like, I know that you shared your experience where that you received all this pushback. Um, So somehow if you're able to find uh, a doctor who is willing to test, um, especially if you have, you know, a really fun, adventurous sex life, not that non-adventurous sex lives aren't fun but if you find yourself you know sleeping experiencing different things with a lot of different people I think it's really important to to find a way to get the blood test done because if you turns out that you have the um the virus you are able to then go forward in your life um you know engaging ethically with people and that's really important um the third thing is honesty. So being honest with yourself about what's going on, mm-hmm. um, being honest with your partners. Um, that's a huge hard part that I didn't even talk about. But having to call everyone or like yeah. text people that you had maybe like one night stands with and be, and be like, like, hey, hey, uh, yeah. So like, you should get tested for this. Um, And then those people might experience pushback from their doctors where they're going to, because they haven't had an outbreak, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard, but it's very important to let anybody, you know, that you've recently slept with. And I know that could be hard. (laughs) It was very hard for me (laughs) because trying to remember like trying you know like trying to do all that and then it's it's a hard thing to say but it's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and it's it yeah it definitely was very hard for me and I felt really just bad (laughs) having to call and then be honest with your friends you know try to seek that support and even if they don't know how to support you just getting it off your chest to the people that you spend time with can be really helpful it can really it can really open their eyes Mm -hmm. and it can it can help you heal when you're not the only one carrying around like your what you're going through or what you have gone through right <clears throat> that's where like stigma ending starts really yeah mm-hmm. talking about it as much as possible whenever you feel comfortable <clears throat> I think it's amazing that you're so open to share your story and to talk about it it's so important thank you yeah it's um I definitely didn't imagine when this was first happening in the first year that it would ever be something that I would, you know, publicly declare. But um, the more and more research and I just realized that it is who else is going to talk about it if I don't start talking about it. Like who else is going to say this? And I hope that, you know, this inspires other people to be honest about it and you like you owe it to yourself to not hide. And I'm not saying that you have to immediately come out of the herpes shadows and like (laughs) declare yourself like it's in your own time. Like, and it's okay if you never do, like there's no, no shame or guilt from this end in whatever way you get it out there. But I really do think that talking about it and um, that'll, 
that can really end the stigma. And then ethically engagement is a huge thing. So we talked about how you have to let your future partners know before you engage and and before you engage in oral sex too, because we talked about that, you know, you can transmit, you can transmit um, simplex one, which is generally cold sores. You could transmit that to the genitals. It's very rare for the genitals to be trans transmitted into a cold sore. It can happen, Mm -hmm. but um you know, you have to think about all of the fluids involved with sexual activity. There's a big area for all sorts of different things to happen. So really before you engage in anything involving any genitals, you need to talk to the person about it. And um, I can share briefly how that was for me. Uh, It took me a really long time. So after this whole thing happened, um, I ended up dating the person, I don't know why, but (laughs) I ended up dating the person for a couple of years um, that was the one who gave it to me. Um, And after we broke up, um, you know, whatever time went on and I wasn't who I was before, you know, I wasn't going out and looking for something, (laughs) but uh, I, I was really enamored with this person who I had started um, dating and it was very unlike me like I recognized in myself how like usually I would really be interested in sex from the beginning like that's just who I was Mm -hmm. but um, this was very different because it would be my first sexual partner after um, that that I would have to tell about my status and that was really hard for me and I definitely just like avoided sex or the whole topic of it for like weeks into dating yeah (laughs) because I was just like I like what am I gonna like write you a card and like like surprise like do you want me kind of thing and it was really hard for me to like grapple with mentally like you know how am I gonna say this and basically it just happened like one night um you know, things were getting steamy and, uh, <laughs> and I knew, you know, I had this like sickening feeling in my stomach, like, okay, well time to halt the fun parade and like tell you this. And I basically just like, I said it like, you know, there's something I need to tell you. Um, uh, I have herpes and, um, I don't have an outbreak right now and I haven't had one I don't, at that point. I don't know how long it had been since my one before, Um, so I would love to engage in this with you, but you have to understand that, like, I could still transmit the virus to you, um, even if I'm not experiencing an outbreak. So it's really like, you know, it's kind of like balls in your court. Surprise. Um, So, but it actually went really well. And the person, um, was really, uh, really amazing in their response to me and that they understood what herpes was and that they um, although they didn't have it themselves that they felt that it wasn't something that needed to keep us from being together and it was really awesome and now we're getting married next year so that's amazing congratulations (laughs) also that's incredible (laughs) yeah so um, I don't have I know you know other people have 
have to continue telling people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have that personal experience. I only had to do it once. Um, but I think, I think that once you start talking, like once you just say like, I have the herpes, like a huge relief flooded over me. Like, I just like knew, like I could just like put it out there and like, you know, if they didn't want to have sex with me, like that's okay too. Yeah. And if they did, then great. But if not, then like, that's okay too. Um, and then you can like go from there. Um, and I guess the last thing is, um, what prevention is possible because as you've heard from everything we've talked about today it's really hard to prevent herpes especially when someone's shedding and they don't know that they have herpes so they can't even tell you that you might get it because they don't even know that they have it um but uh using condoms uh is can help the prevention Mm-hmm. of the contraction it's not foolproof because um you know the herpes could be on the if you're engaging with a penis it can be like not on the actual penis itself you know like the it could be shedding from the balls or like the area around it or anywhere so condoms are great um for a lot of different preventing a lot of different stis um but it won't always work So I think the best thing to do is to talk to the person that you want to engage with. Like, what's your testing history like? You know, like, have you ever had herpes? And if if you're a sexually active person, like, like I said before, like, really try to find the testing or try to just pay attention to what's happening on your body and don't ignore bumps. Like, if you get red bumps and they go away, like, don't be like, oh, it's not herpes, you know, like, it, yeah. it really could be. And, like, it's really important to know it. And, yeah, I guess I'll just end with, like, there's no way to completely cure or prevent this disease and that is what makes it the hardest because there's not an answer there's not a a a real defined way to do anything and I think that one of the like I said before like the best ways to deal with with herpes and everything that comes to it is to talk about it because if we can't cure it if it's going to be in our systems forever and we can't really control it right now because you know our medical system isn't set up to prevent it or doesn't want to be set up to prevent it Mm -hmm. then we kind of just have to learn how to interact with each other engage ethically um, and talk to each other about it and yeah I think yeah Mm -hmm. thank you so much this was so great to hear you're welcome yeah I really, really Thanks appreciate so much for having it. Me. Of course. I um it's really, really great to talk about it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you are. I'm so glad to share this. Um yeah, and if if you just want to send me anything, any other information or resources, I'd really love to include that. Of course. Um yeah, and any anything else you wanna say before we end? Um I think I just want to reiterate to anyone listening that you're not alone and that um, there's someone that you know, whether you know it or not, that also has herpes. So um, try to talk about it if you can. 
And if you can't talk about it with anybody, try to find support online. Um, if you can't find the support online, if you're able to create it, you know, make, try to, try to find other people on a forum or something where you could talk about it. Um, yeah, I just don't want anyone to ever feel like they're alone and that's not easy ever. And it's okay to feel that way, but just know that, um, there are a lot of people going through this and it's okay. And that, and it's nothing to be guilty about or to feel shame. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye.